That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jabberknocker Podcast. As always, it's Nelson Mania alongside for the ride as a man that's called me a fake-ass essay, X-Con JC. <laughs> Viva la raza! <laughs> I'm feeling it this week, man. I'm feeling it with Dom. I'm going to pull this down. It's just a little easier to understand me, but I'm fired up, man. I just, I, I can't tell you how much I enjoy this shit every week, man. Like, I never, I never thought we'd be here, but it makes me very happy. I, I agree with you. I mean, the, I, to me, this is where you start off the shine because I expected the bloodline to have a big moment there. And of course, the judgment day comes out. And I, I it's like I appreciate the swagger of, you know, priest and everything. But God damn it. When, when Finn comes out, he's got a swagger to him now with his like weird dad sweater. And then... You got Dom down there, and I'm just like, I'm watching you thinking to myself, like, what the fuck is he doing? And then, like, they always, they, they have such a great cadence in terms of, like, stopping him. Like, oh, okay, like, that's where he ends. It's Rhea's turn to come in and do something. The fact that she, the other thing is, is the one thing that makes me laugh is, is Rhea's accent doesn't help when she calls him Dom-Dom. It sounds like she calls him Dum-Dum. Dumb, dumb. It just, but it adds it adds to the whole thing like what do you think dumb dumb it's just like uh cracks me up and then of course we had that great promo and then later on in the night you know they win again it's it, yeah. i just i just love that priest is the legitimate guy and dom is not and just everything about it i who would have thunk we would be sitting here right now talking about dom right off the top i, I would they, never They've really hit the groove with the Judgment Day in terms of the aesthetics, like their chemistry together as a group. Like we've seen it behind the scenes, but now like in the ring, it's starting to really like show too. And like like you said, it's like Priest has looked great the last couple of weeks. He's been the star. Finn's doing his own thing. I loved him selling the injury in this segment, being like, ah, even though we knew he was in the main event later uh, and he sold it all through that main event too. But it's just like, it was the little things in the segment where like Dom's taking cheap shots at the Usos. And then he does a, st- a stare down with the Street Fighter and he's like, and mommy had to come and actually we get the solo Rhea stare down and then Dom cheap shots him which starts the brawl it's just like it's good like this is how you build a rivalry that is like just pretty much started last week it was like it's the two hottest groups in wrestling right now with um the bloodline and the judgment day so to have them kind of like go head to head is cool I like that they're calling it the raw tag team championships and priest made a point to be like we want to make sure these titles stay on raw it gets me real excited um that the, the Usos are going to finally have to defend them separately it means Roman will likely have to do that too so a lot of the things we've been thinking are coming our way but this is just a fun segment man like Dom just like He's the perfect chicken shit heel right now. Like being like, anytime he sees the prison thing, everyone else always like rolls their eyes and laughs. But like, that's what makes him such a good heel because he's just like, oh man, if you were to share a cell with the guy I did, you wouldn't last two seconds. It's just so good. It's great writing. It's great performances. It's been so good. 
And honestly, yeah, something that we didn't even get to talk about here, but I think it's, it definitely bears repeating, folks, is Dom and Priest, as a tag team, actually have pretty decent chemistry. I mean, again, they're not the Usos. They're not like a G- Gable and Otis yet, obviously. They're kind of thrown together. But I was when I was watching that Gable match, I mean, Gable can do no wrong in general. Yeah. When he did that promo backstage where it's just like, shoosh, please, and then got into it, and then like, you know, the part that had me in stitches, and I think I tweeted it out last night, which was him telling Dom... Working out your brain as much as your body makes you a better person and you must be a hardened criminal. Like, I just, I lost it. I was like, it's just like, you can see- The comment like, uh, you need to work out a little bit of both, actually. Yeah, it was just like, it was just so great because it's like, Priest looks like a million bucks. Rhea looks like a million bucks. Finn, we know, is just another stratosphere when he said the six-pack thing. It was funny. But then you get to Dom, who just looks like a guy. So it just, it's like, one of these things is not like the other- and it's hilarious. And so Gable, and the fact that Gable and Otis, Otis fucking up the worm, like in any other sense, we would just be shitting on it. But I just couldn't stop laughing because I think it just added to the absurdity of everything we were watching. And I just, I really enjoy the Judgment Day, whether I'm supposed mm-hmm. to, he, you know, boom or cheer him, I enjoy it. The Bloodline's great. I love Otis as a as a dum dum or, or they're kind of turning Otis and Gable like a little yeah. baby face here. That's what like it teased it with the back segment. You saw it with the match, and I'm like, I think that's on purpose because I really like the Raw Tag Division. But if you're looking at it, it's pretty much all heels, right? And especially if the Judgment Day are gonna hopefully win these titles, um, it just it's it's gonna set up that you're gonna need some baby face in the division. And I mean, Gable and Otis have done their thing. They put in the time. Like it, it's an easy team you can flip because people will get behind them because they can be excited. And I think the charismatic stuff of Otis will always kind of be there, you know? And I think he, like, he's great in the ring, but just having him be able to be goofy, like, that's his that's his bread and butter, no pun intended. And then we, we've always, we've always loved Gable, right? We've always thought he was great. So I wouldn't hate the idea of an Amer- uh, American, uh, the Alpha Academy being a babyface tag team that wins the championships down someday. I, I'm, I'm kind of done in terms of the Street Profits. Like, they're still very good. But I, I want to see something new from them. I feel like we're kind of in this weird holding pattern with the Street Profits. They're not not Angelo Hot Dawkins' best hat tag in the biz. I don't care what anybody says. And that match was great too. It was great, my yeah. boys are hurt business, and you get like that. I did want to bring this up here too because it was interesting because you know we've been waiting for this hurt business reunion. They're starting to tease it a little bit here, and MVP comes out and tries to help him, but he actually might have like cost them. So when they were obviously frustrated with him after the match, so I'm curious your take if like. Because then obviously we saw in the main event, Omos came out and he appeared to be helping Lashley by taking out Seth. And then he went out after uh, Theory and then the distraction allowed Lashley to get the win. So he did end up helping them to a victory. So, But it is one of those things that's like Omos is in the Rumble and so is Lashley. It's like, I mean, you know, my hope from months ago was that the Hurt Business reunites and Omos joins them as well with their heavy. That could be the tease. Or this could be like a big like bugaboo where it's actually MVP and Omos are going to fuck over Shelton and Cedric. Then they're going to fuck over Lashley in the Rumble. And it's actually a play for MVP and Omos to like screw them over even more. So I'm curious what you think is happening because I think either way they did a good job with the segments on Monday. I I rolled my eyes. Like I I actually like was very upset when they were like, I'm going to introduce Elias to the Rumble winner. And I went, oh, Jesus Christ, he's back. Hey, Elias got squashed, baby. But Elias got job alerted and I'm okay with it. He did it. He did his job. Uh, so to speak. But when I look at this, JC, I think to myself, I think the way that we all think this is going is there is a reunion somewhere. But what version of that reunion do we get? For me, I look at it like adding Omas to the already established Hurt Business with everybody involved makes it better. I agree. 
I think if they replace Bobby and put uh, Omas in there, that doesn't do anything for anybody. Well, see, that's why I don't think that. I think it's either like they are reuniting or it's going to be that like Cedric and Shelton are with Bobby and then MVP and Omas still do their thing because it's one of those things where MVP did actually screw the other two over, whether he was intending to or not. So I just think it's it's interesting. It gives us something to think about because MVP's proven he's not someone you can really trust. And I mean, we know Omas just likes to like, you know, beat the shit out of people but it is it will be interesting because i think either way it's compelling and it's something interesting and obviously like lashley's getting that u.s title shot next week is it one of those things where do they cost him in that match leading into the rumble or do they help him win it leading to the rumble and then what happens when they're in the rumble so i think there's a there's a ton of different scenarios here it's compelling there's a lot of options open and it gives you a lot to think about which is always good in wrestling i think the other point i wanted to make was it makes me feel like the if i was trying to slow slow play this till after the rumble I feel like there'd be a way to say, well, we're we're not good individually, but together, like if we're all on the same page, we're not fucking anything up. So I feel like that's kind of where they're headed in a way, especially with MVP kind of like mistakenly screwing up the ending of the tag match. I think if they're all on the same page, like if he can get Omas, Cedric, and Shelton with, you know, just looking at the tag team with Omas and MVP being like, well, we're waiting on you, Bob. I think that to me is like the first move you make. You make it so that everybody but Bobby is in. And then when Bobby buys in, we're back into the big deal. So I, that, that's what I would think it would be. That's yeah, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for that. And I mean, we're, we've really kicked it off with like a fallout of faction talk. So I think we've got to go to the third faction here and head to SmackDown and I think we got to talk about the bloodline stuff with Sammy because it was uh, this was a lot of storytelling this week. Obviously, going against KL, we know this was going to be a big moment. Roman's not there, and I thought a lot of the points of like KO making it's like, dude, you still don't see it. Roman's using you, so he doesn't have to work every week. Like you're doing all the work for him, and it's just thinking about it's like, holy shit, like that is genius because that's kind of what's happened is like. Obviously, the Usos and Solo are part of it, too. But, like, Sammy's kind of stepped in as, like, the replacement to just kind of do the week-to-week work. And then Roman comes in, cleans up the mess, and then goes home again. So I love that KO brought that because it kind of made you think it more. And it made, like, Sammy, you could see it. He did not want to do what he did to KO. He might have been about to winning the match when the Usos and Solo attacked. So it's, again, like, piling up more things for Sammy to kind of this breakup to happen at some point. And it just, it's just, it's still good storytelling. It's crazy because... We know where this is headed, but it's still like we eat it up every week. It's still fun. And him begrudgingly throwing up the ones and like the Usos just like not even like showing their cards at all and stuff. It just, it's fascinating. And obviously we're heading into a big week next week with Raw 30 and the bloodline acknowledging Roman. We had a contract signing on SmackDown with KO and Roman. So it's just like, this was a nice set piece to kind of put Sammy in like murky territory going into these two big events. Cause now who the hell know how, who knows how all this stuff will play out. I, I when I was watching this, I thought this was the first time in my life that I thought a DQ mattered. And I think that's that's compelling. And I know mm-hmm. we shit on AEW with the crappy storytelling and that they've never done a count out finish or they don't do a DQ finish. But this is what I'm talking about. Taking something I didn't want to see, which was ah fuck, you took it away from me. I didn't get any type of closure. Now I'm looking at it like, oh no, son of a bitch, they got me because here's where I'm looking at, right? Sammy was like reluctantly ready to give the Huluva kick, and then they jumped him like a bunch of dogs, right? And then, then of course, they beat him up, and he's still kind of like, I don't know what the hell's going on here. And then they get to the point where he does the one. But if you look, there's a picture of KO grabbing Sammy's boot while they're posing. He's just grabbing the top of his boot as if to say, please help. Yep. You know, don't be that guy. Please help me. Little minuscule things that you got to look for, but great stuff. And here's something else that I think is great. 
at the beginning of the night, they had Paul Heyman and Sammy, or Shmuley, as he calls him. Mm-hmm. And he said, nobody's here, right? And the fact that Heyman lied to him, and he was like, yep. I still love you, Shmuley. Uh, I think that's very compelling because now you're going, wait a minute, he fucking, he had to have fucking knew, you know, what was going to happen. They were all in on it, They were all, all but, in on But it. not him. And I think that's the first crack, right? That you go, well, shit, I thought I was part of this. I wasn't part of the plan. Because if he was really a full-fledged member, if he was really part of it, then you'd say, oh, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm confident that, you know, when I'm, when I'm in trouble, these guys are going to help me. But then on the flip side of that, Sami Zayn's going to go, no, motherfucker, I could have beat him. I could have beat him on my own. You guys fucked me. Like, I promised that I was going to take care of this, and you guys didn't have the faith in me. So it creates an entire rift here on both sides where it's like, calm down, man. Like, we got you. You're part of the family. We didn't We didn't want... It's a bigger picture. We're trying to take out KO before the Rumble. And then Sammy's on the other side going, I could have done it. I could have done it all by myself. I was. I had him, you know? And I think doing that instead of giving us a closure moment there, which would have been nice and satisfying, okay, KO gets the victory, whatever, because he can't lose going to the Royal Rumble. But this was great for a DQ because now I'm looking at it going, oh, man, I got to tune in Friday night. I got I, I got to find out what that – because sometimes we talk about contract signings are just eh, right? But this could be really compelling. When Roman's on TV, it's must-see TV. So yeah. I don't like I don't care what it is. It's just the fact that he's going to be in the ring with the bloodline and KO's going to be sitting across from him like – we already know the promo work's going to be phenomenal, but then what happens and it's like, you know, there's going to be things with Sammy involved there. So it's just like, this is, this is a big part of the feud, like a big high point of the feud. So I think it's definitely something to look forward to. I would, I would be curious to see if Sammy Zayn doesn't get added to the Royal Rumble. I mean, he, I would assume that him and Solo are definitely in the Rumble. Um, the Usos, I don't know. I don't think this tournament's going to wrap up before then. So I don't even know if the Usos will be booked, but yeah. I'm sure there's going to be something during the Rumble where maybe that's where they turn on Sammy. Maybe it's Sammy and like going on a run and Solo's in there. And then like like the Usos and just come in and with Solo and they turn on Sammy and throw him out so he can't face, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just, I feel like the Rumble might be like the high point of like when it turns. Like maybe Sammy like helps the Uso, like the Usos come out and they all eliminate, like maybe KO's a surprise entrant if that matches before the Rumble match and they toss him out and they toss out a bunch of the baby faces and then the crowd's going nuts because oh my God, Sammy might win it and Sammy would be the one and then that's when they turn on him mm-hmm. and dump him out, allowing someone else to win. You know, I mean, I so can- there's, I can see the final four being Solo, Sammy, Cody, and Drew. You know what I mean? And it's oh, like man. that. And then there you're like, you're sitting there, you're like, Jesus Christ. Well, clearly Solo is not going to win. But you're like sitting there, you're like, holy shit. You know, and I think that to me, that final four is one of those things where you're like, okay, we want Cody. Some people want Drew. Most In of that us situation, want I like, think it'll be Sammy will be the dominant part. For sure. But that's a, but that's the thing I think is like a quick second of like Solo stepping behind him and then just tossing his ass out would yeah. be like, Got orders from the tribal chief, baby. Sorry. You know, I think yeah. that that's the getting so close, but yet so far creates a lot of cool stuff going forward. So again, these are the difference makers when I'm watching TV is the, the wrestling's always great for either company, but having storylines like this yeah. to munch on to get through these hours is so much better. Yeah, and it sets up, it makes, like, the bigger matches actually feel bigger as opposed to, like, oh, this is just going to be a good match. Like, this is a good match that is littered with storytelling. And speaking of WrestleMania, next up, I want to go to JC Super Hot Fire Match of the Week, and that is the Intercontinental Championship match on SmackDown between Rin General, Kuntar, and Roar, Braun Strowman himself. 
man, this match was beautiful. They kicked off the show. They gave it a lot of time. It was two big men slapping meat. Like, this was bronze. Definitely his best match since he's returned. Probably his best match since uh, his Roman matches, which were fucking amazing. Um, but, I mean, Gunther's had tons of banners. Obviously, the ones with Sheamus stand out, but I'd put this one right there behind it. I thought this match was phenomenal, especially for a TV match. I thought the storytelling of strength versus intellect was mm. so well done. So well done. Because you look at it and you think, like, Okay, the, like uh, beside the fact that the power bomb finish was kind of meh, I'll, I'll I'll allow one problem there, but having the goons pushed away, run out later, costing something, and the other part that I think that gets lost in all this because everybody's like Gunther, 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 you know he's doing so well, but when I watched this, I went, well, shit, Strowman can sell, like you forget he can do that. He's not yep. in a he's not in, in a position most of the time to be vulnerable or hurt or anything like that. And I was watching this going like, oh, okay, like he's being able to emote something to me. And I thought this was a great investment going forward in Braun Strowman, even if he didn't win. Because we know that Strowman is Strowman. We know he's just this like, yeehaw, like let's... He's a crowd pleaser, yeah, man. He comes he out like it's like, it's one of those things like you don't have to try with him to make him matter. You just, you send him out there. But I think that's the big one is like, I think part of the reason why those Roman matches were so good is because when Braun Strowman shows that he's in peril, it matters than when regular wrestler shows himself in peril because Braun is a freak of nature. Athletically, it just power, like everything. So it just like, that definitely made part of it. And the fact that it's believable that Gunther could inflict this pain on him and that this was definitely like a signature win for Gunther because, I mean, it's, it's tough to put down a man like Braun. Like the only ones who have really done it are, are Roman, Bray, and Lesnar. So, I, again, I... I... I wouldn't say match of the year. It was definitely the match of the week, though. It was it was a lot yeah. of fun. A lot of, lot of, lot of fun. Anything else you got that's fun? I got one more piece of shine. I really liked it this week. And uh, I don't know how you're going to feel about this because it involves someone we normally don't really like. But I've kind of hinted at this the last couple weeks. But I really like what they're doing right with Ray and Karrion Cross. This is the type of feud where I think it actually makes Cross not look like, you know, weak. Because, first of all, Ray's small. So Cross, they want to present him as this big monster. It works when you're going against Rey Mysterio. But I love that Rey came out, entered the Rumble match. And I will say when Cross interrupted him, like a lot of his backstage promos, they were kind of like when you were knocking, knock, knocking on Alistair's door or the edge ones. Like I always zone out because they lose my interest if they're more than 30 seconds. But carrying Cross in the ring with a microphone looking at Rey Mysterio, I was into his promo and it was probably – my favorite carrying cross promo on the main roster. I think that's pretty safe to say. I don't remember his NXT run as much. I'm sure there were one or two maybe that I could have got through, but I think this feud has legs. I think it's one of those things where I like it because it's showing two guys that need to kind of be away from titles and makes them the most interesting they can be. Cause I don't want to see carrying cross win titles, man. I just don't. Cause I, I like Aaron said, he bores me like 99% of the time, but for some reason, this feud, I think is interesting. I think cross using the stuff about him being a father. It's just, it's one of those things that like, this is a good bounce back feud for Ray. And it's a feud for cross where maybe he can show us something of why he might belong. So he comes out wearing his hitman outfit with the fucking red tie, the suit and the fucking trench coat. And I thought to myself, this harkens back to what he looked like in impact and MLW and all these other places that he worked uh, Lucha Underground, whatever. And I, all I thought about was, you know what it is? It's the fucking hair. It's just the hair. Like He used to be bald. I know, but think about it. Like, when he was bald, he looked menacing. You're I not think, wrong, actually. I think the hair makes him 
more of a pussy. Like, I just, I don't know what it is. Like, it makes him look like a, a regular person, not a killer. He is not a killer cross. The hair makes me think, wow, why, like, I, and I, hair recognize hair. Was this, what, what exactly, like, I'm looking at going, I'm distracted by his hair. I'm going, he had that full head of hair the whole fucking time, and that motherfucker decided to shave his head. Not only that, but it's a nice head of hair. And it's like, I'm looking, I'm, I'm like, I'm looking at the hair, like the hair. I am a hair shamer. Thank you, Danny. Uh, I'm looking at the hair, but maybe we can get into, maybe we get into a point where Karrion Cross goes into a, a mask versus hair match, shaves his head, and goes completely nuts. Then we're, we're off to the races. But the hair, I can't stop looking at it. I don't know what it is. It's and then, maybe like, Scarlet wants something to grab onto. Maybe, know. but I was just looking at it. and I'm like, because we talked about it last night. It's like in theory, it, he looks on the poster like, yeah, he's a million bucks. He's got a presentation and a wife, million bucks. And then you watch him, and you're just like, he's literally the factory version of what they want. Yeah. But there's something that's missing. I'm not completely blaming it on the hair. I'm trying to be funny, but the hair does make it weird. You're not wrong. He did look way more menacing with the bald head. Right. So, but I think it does him also like, I think, like you said, in the outfit, he came in, like he looks, I don't know. It's a good look. It was a good, it's a good look when he matches up with Rey Mysterio. So that's why for me in this particular feud, I think he works again. Once you push him back, if you push him against like when he faced Drew, he looks tiny compared to the fucking gigantic Drew McIntyre. So it's like, how are you going to make this guy look like a beast heel? You know, it's one of those things. It's like, it's not believable with him just pulling his bullshit and then fucking the dog. That was fucking terrible. But with Ray, it works. Sure. With Ricochet, it would probably work. But they got to be small. Aaron says, psychotic and crazy, but with hair. Axe. Well, yeah, I, I agree. The hair, like, I'm trying to think about it this way. Psychopaths need to look like a psychopath, but it's, it's... It's not like you go to watch American Psycho and Christian Bale has that slick back hair and he's just like kind of like, I got to return some videotapes. This guy just, this guy is playing professional wrestler or like playing psychopath. I don't believe that he's fucking deranged. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm well, looking, he's, he's too calculated. He's supposed to be like a calculated. Right, but I just, I, I look yeah. at it like, I look at it like somebody's trying to do Shakespeare in wrestling. Like they're all out. Like I, I just feel like he's pretending versus like. And I'm stuck looking at his fucking head the whole time. And I'm like, I don't even get a chance to enjoy the accoutrement that is around him, obviously, because I'm staring at his goddamn hair. And then the other thing that we neglected, put him in the heat because it's a fire pun. That fucking pyro with the fucking card. I just went, shouldn't we have picked a better shot, guys? Come on. Like, you see the fucking wicker while she's doing It's like, no matter what happens with them, it just seems like everything goes wrong. Everything is not correct. So he's, a I don't know why they try I, to do fireballs see this, and wrestling. This, see, I, I can get behind what Clark Street's saying here. Cause he is a parody of himself. He absolutely, he, it's like, I, they, they're absolutely hundred percent correct. He is a parody because I'm watching this going. He didn't look this bad in impact. He didn't look this bad. Cause he was bigger than everyone. No, I know. But I'm just thinking like this guy, like he just looks like a dude now. And I like, like you talked about, it's like, Oh, I'm going to ragdoll Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio's been ragdolled against, like, Great Khali, Big Show, Batista, like, all these, like, hunkering, massive man. And he's, like, you know, thrown around like a child. I don't I don't get the instance of, who here comes Karrion Cross. he's going to ragdoll Rey Mysterio, because I'm looking at it like you are, which is, here's a guy above average height, average wrestling, and 
God damn it, does he have a presentation and, and accoutrement, as we say. And then the bell rings and you're just like, that fucking hair, that fucking hair. The only way he succeeds as a top level talent is if they give him affection. Because like, it's not like you said, like, it's not believable. Like he can do that in NXT because he's bigger than everyone but Keith Lee in NXT. So it's believable. And he could do that in Impact because he's bigger than the majority of people in Impact. It's just like, it's more of an aura. But when you get to WWE, it's like, this is the creme de la creme, man. So it's just like, it's a lot more difficult. Like the Miz is a massive man, but the Miz looks like one of the smallest humans on the fucking roster. So, and I'm sure, I mean, him and Karrion Cross are probably the same side. So it just, it's. But like, it's but think tough, about this man. way, right? If when you put, when you put Karrion Cross against a Lashley, a Strowman, no, a McIntyre, a Sheamus, you are, you aren't even in the same league. 100%. You, you, McIntyre has this, like his thighs are the size of my fucking head. Like, what are you doing? Like, you can't tell me that Karrion Cross is going to be somebody that physically is going to annihilate you. He needs, to, he needs to step up the mental stuff. And I think, like you said, JC, this is where we can kind of buy into a different type of character. Because if he's more calculated mentally, then I'm okay with it. If he has Scarlet fucking around with people and, you know, getting to them or what, not fucking them, but fucking around with them, like, you know, mind game stuff, then I'm okay with it. But, oh, here we go. I would believe Dom will ragdoll Ray before Karrion Cross does. I mean. <laughs> I mean, well, Dom was in prison, man. Like, hey, you don't understand. Like, <laughs> you don't know what, you don't know what it's like. Listen, you don't know what it's like, man. You don't know what it's like. You don't like. know what it's like in the actual pen. I just, you don't I, know what I, it's like. Just like Corey Graves said, you know what it's like in the clink? And I just, <laughs> just, it's too fucking much. I guess there's no one else uh, positive stuff. She want to get more heady? You want to get, you want to yeah. get into stuff? So here's here's the thing that drove me fucking insane. On paper, on paper, Becky Lynch coming out through the crowd, fantastic. Cutting her, cutting whatever. Bailey coming out. Uh, we love Bailey on this program, but this segment to me just went all over and never hit the mark. It was so bad, so bad. And I, the thing was, Becky was bad too. She lost yeah, her place. This was, this was one of her worst segments. This was one of her time. worst talking segments that she's had that I can ever remember. She flubbed. She stopped. She forgot what she was doing. I don't know if somebody forgot a line that she was supposed to be fed or whatever, but it just felt like. And then, of course, Bailey says something like, you took my spot. And I'm thinking to myself, wait, what? Like, how is that believable? Like, that's what this is where we're going with. Like, Think of all yeah. the rich history we have. That's that's her prerogative. That's her reason for doing this. You can do better than that. They all can do better than that. And I think the problem for me is I expect these two, if not all four in the ring, to do better work. 100%. And I'm I'm upset for them, not at them. But it just feels like, what are we doing? Like, what? This is a segment that I was excited about, I guess. When Becky came out through the crowd, I thought, oh, cool. She's the man of the people. Becky had, has, for the most part, since her return, yeah. she's been that baby face, the mom, yeah. Becky, that we've loved. But this was, this was my, the, I'm glad you brought this up first. This is my worst segment of the week. Like, this was, this was painful. And then Nestlemania, you know how they're paying it off? You know how they're paying off this? this with a fucking steel cage. I match. know. So it's like, you can have, this is why I fucking hate steel cage matches. You have this hate feud where they have to be locked in a cage to settle it. But, to win the match, you can just walk out the door, right? You know, or if your opponent like trips and like hits their head, you can just climb out the cage. You know, I think. But yeah, that, simply you can just be like, "Hey, ref, open the door, walk out. You win this match that you wanted to be locked in a cage at your opponent. Fuck off! I hate to. I, you know how I feel. I've done this rant thirty times, but it's just like 
Uh, it was just like the, the f- giant, disgusting cherry on top of a shit Sunday. Aaron says, oh, no, that's a Vince creative promo <laughs> to where it doesn't make sense. Listen, I tend to agree with you guys. I, I, everybody in the chat's right. I mean, I, I, I tend to agree that this this was a rough one. But then when they said steel cage, I was like, OK, I could get the cadence of what Becky's doing. She's trying to get her to agree to something that she didn't want to agree yeah. to. I get that. And it was like steel cage. And the minute I heard steel cage, I went, well, you just lost me. I don't give a shit. I, and I'm not saying that because of the women involved. I would have preferred a street fight. I would have preferred some type of gimmick that would have excited me. But a steel cage, you've talked about this. You've converted me into this, honestly, where JC has felt steel cage matches are just, as he stated, terrible. But I would go one further, like I said on Twitter, which was this needs to retire. This version of the steel cage needs to retire. Do it like AEW when they got they did it right. So like you can't escape and win. It's right. just like... The whole point of a match in a steel cage is to keep other people out and lock you in there with your opponent so you can bludgeon them like and get revenge on them and beat them to death. But it's like, it's one of those things. If you can just walk out the door, it's it, it like, it, it kind of ruins the whole purpose. And yes, there are moments where you can use it to their advantage. Like when Braun and Grayson get in the steel cage in NXT and if Grayson wins the title by walking out the fucking door, like, yeah, that's a great sniveling shit healed way to win a title. Sure, but in general, it's like, this is why I always prefer Hal in the Cell for multiple reasons. It's just like, you can't win by escaping the cage. And the other thing I love is that steel cage matches are restrictive. Whereas like, that's why I like Hell in a Cell a little better because you have that room around the ring to do more things. Um, or a steel cage match, you're literally stuck within the ring, which again is the purpose, but it just it's just, I don't know. It's never going to be something I enjoy this iteration, but I will say like AEW does steel cage matches and I enjoy them a lot more because the bullshit of walking through a fucking door doesn't exist. So, I, I, and I agree. I, I just, I would like to see this, this version of the steel cage to retire. I, I, I think that we talked about Survivor Series needing a facelift. That's why we got war games and that seemed to work out perfectly fine. Yeah. But I would like to see the steel cage. I don't know if that means they take the door off. I don't know if they wait to lower it when people are in there. Or you just keep it, on it locked. Or, yeah. And then, you know, and if you, if you somehow, if Bobby Lashley spears Brock Lesnar through the wall, well, the match doesn't end. It's just right. like now you can be outside the cage too. Right. And you I can only win inside the cage though. So you gotta yeah. get back in. I think the issue is is I think the cage needs to be taller. You know what I mean? I think the cage a little needs, bit taller. You I wish, wish it was, was more baller. baller. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna keep that joke going. Uh so but I I, I just Next week is Raw 30. We'll be excited for different reasons, but this one is gonna be an absolute just fast forward for me. You're you know, more excited to see possibly Kelly Kelly than this, I get. Oh, stop it. If Happy Ke- birthday, Kelly if Kelly. If Kelly Kelly shows up on Raw 30, I'm going to vomit. That's what's going to The Bellas happen. were advertised, but you know they're going to have a million little cameos, and <laughs> we know <laughs> Kelly Kelly, like, she usually is available, and she's in shape. She's, she's available because she's not she doing anything. Wrestle. Probably, well, yeah, because she got so rich off of, like, her great Hall of Fame WWE career. Oh, knock it off. Knock Wrestle, it off. You know she's going to be in the Rumble again. Oh, I know you she know is. She is. You know she's one of the legends that is always in shape and could like step back in and be fine Yeah, right because now. what she, her <laughs> moveset was was <laughs> just <laughs> so... <laughs> she is perfect for a Royal Rumble. A match? No. Perfect for a Royal Rumble. Struggle, kick in the corner. That's all she needs to do. Her and Michelle McCool, your two favorites. They'll You're be in not every enough for me. Oh, no. Well, You're not Layla. enough for me. Still think that McCool is overrated, but that's just the other point. Uh, something else that just uh, doesn't doesn't sit well with me in general, but I, I, I allow it to happen, is when I'm watching Raw, all I could think about was, I I understand what we're doing, but the Meechin, Candlest LeRae, with the damage control, the crowd was not hot for this no. at all. 
Because they cooled all off all these women off so much. Like EO Sky and Dakota Kai couldn't be cooler. Like you forget they have titles. I mean, not that we're always going to be on Sasha's side, but I mean, this is exhibit A of why she probably <laughs> left. It's one, I mean, one of the many reasons why her and Naomi were frustrated. Yeah, like, I mean, because like, look at what they've done. The WWE has done nothing but prove their point since like with yeah. the tag panels. It's just like, who's their feud? They had the match with Liv and Tegan when Tegan came back, but like they don't even acknowledge and like EO or Dakota are usually in like a singles match, just taking on Bailey's enemies every week. And it's just like, they have fucking titles. Like, why is there no, like, you're not, you have people that could be tag teams and you have plenty of women on the roster. Like, why aren't you continuing to take the momentum of building a division? Like, granted, yes, I know we're around the Rumble and you're going to put everyone in the Rumble, but it's just like, like, at least make an appearance that like freaking, that there might have some sort of division. I, I Clark Street has a great point here. Damage control never clicked with the crowd. And we, we've said this time and time again where it, it it's just not right. I, I mean, it, in theory, on paper, all three of these women are phenomenal. But they're great. Putting them together is just like, like we didn't we didn't understand Judgment Day, right, for the longest time. And it was like, oh, Edge was the They piece. figured it out, baby. Throw them out. Edge was the problem, you know? And it's like now we're all, <laughs> Dom was didn't the savior. Dom. Click, 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 like, click, click. But I think so. that's the thing is we're like, not that I'm saying adding like a, a dewdrop or or a Nikki Cross or anything would help the situation. Well, they tried to add Nikki Cross, didn't work. But it's just like uh, there's something An enforcer about that's this tall. There's just it's just something about it where I just feel like damage control is just not damaged. Damaged, like yeah, it's just like <laughs> it's just damaged. It's just yeah, I don't know. I, this whole thing was weird, and then like Candice LeRae's great. I have no problem with her. Me Chin, I could take or leave, but it's just hard. It's just. It's never, it's never going to get better for them. And I feel like just getting, like having those two turn on Bailey would be better than if whatever they're doing right now ever existed. And I'm more excited to see EO versus a Bailey or a Dakota versus a Bailey. Well, yeah. What if, what if they toss out Bailey and you get a Bailey Becky tag team, you right. know? Cause you know, it's, it's only something to try. And then if you if you were like had one of the WrestleMania match to make these tag titles matter, uh, guess what you do? You do Bailey Becky versus Ronda and Shayna, and those things feel pretty much like they matter if those are the four women fighting for the titles. It helps. It's a step in the right direction, but we know that probably not. I can't believe in 2023 we are clamoring for Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler to become tag champions because it at just least. Like- it's It'll something exist. we haven't seen with Ronda yet, but it's something that like this is how you can take what she is for all her good and all her bad, and like put it towards something positive by making these fucking dog shit titles at least appear to matter because when Ronda's there, like she matters, whether you like her or you hate her, she just fucking matters. She's one of those people that's always going to matter, whether you want her to matter or not, whether you want her to be the best, like she's, she's going to matter. So if you let her take those up with her and take Shayna up with her, and by the way, titles are usually better with heels anyways. This shit writes itself, man. It's an easy formula. Maybe we get there in the post rumble world, but it sure doesn't feel like it. I just I when I saw that I went, wow. Are we are we at a point now where we are scraping the bottom of the barrel? That's what it feels like. It yeah, really does. And I, and again, I want the women to succeed. I want them to have all the opportunity in the world because there are so many amazing people in there that have done such a great job in that division. But it's almost like I would want to get rid of those tag titles and have a secondary championship at this point. Because I feel like that's where that's where they focus stuff on. But they already have like the two singles titles. So it's just like, it's one of those things that they add like a, an IC woman's title. It doesn't do as much. I'm like the tag team titles is the right thought. And as we've seen in NXT, you can make them matter. So it's just, it's, it's just, they got to do it. They got to commit to it and they have it. And uh, uh, our friends, Clark street say damage control will be better as singles competitors. I totally agree with that. I think, I think the issue is 
that we try, like, we've had this conversation before, JC, where we think when factions are there, things are always better. And I, I tend to agree that that's correct. Being in a faction helps everybody because then things are in pockets and people don't have to always face the same matchups and stuff like that. But this one just doesn't work with yeah. the current iteration they have. So it's either you do something to fix it or you, you if call you, it a loss and you move on. If you flipped Bailey and Becky and put Bailey by herself against Becky with these two as in a faction, now does that work? Not in this point in time because I think that like you really you just want, want clean Becky break. to be a, well you really want Becky to be a baby face so her as a heel right now isn't what the people want but it's one of those things it's like I think Becky in that position would probably do a better job than Bailey look and I think Bailey's amazing but as we've seen she's not them she's a she can be a good heel like her and Sasha worked for what they were and they really carried the show that year but like Bailey isn't like I don't I just don't believe her as a leader and I think for me to believe her as a leader she needs a heavy which is what we always come back to with damage control, and she couldn't have two smaller women behind her. So it's just, it's, it makes it not believable. That's all. All right. Anything else you want to get heady about that you were upset about? Um, I kind of was rooting for Tazawa against Bronson Reed, but I mainly fast-forwarded that match. Bronson Reed, a guy that beat Okada, mind you, in Japan, which is no small feat, by the way. That <laughs> is a big deal. He just, he, he's never done much for me. I will say this much. I was impressed that he fucking made Taz just, like, sail. For those the the, the power bomb on the uh, the guardrail, then the the shoulder tackle, and then all these other things that he did, and then of course his jumping off splash. But I think he does a really good job about. It. The problem we have going forward is, what do you do with him? Like, yeah, that's why if, if he's not the Mrs. Heavy, if he's just like a hired gun, like is what is like is what he, is, is he like a one man shield? He just gets hired to do bad things. Yeah, like, what, but like, what is his upside? Like, I, I just. It's it's a tough thing with him, especially because we've talked about this with Hit Row and some of the others. It's like we've had this long break in between, like the, them like getting called up and whatever, and then you get this break. It's hard. It's get, they're already like at a disadvantage no matter what. But like it's just like they haven't given me anything extra. They're just like, oh yeah, this guy was here. You should like him. He was a North American champion. He's a big deal. He, he's good in Japan. But it's like you can tell me that, but like you have to put an effort to show me these things on TV and remind us because it's been over a year, and they haven't done that yet with him. Maybe they will, but it's just one of those things. It's like. Yeah, him throwing around Tazawa like it's it's whatever, but it's like, what is what are we doing? Like, what is it's is he ever gonna be with the Miz again? Or did it, was it a clean break when he said that? Is he just like, I don't know. It just it's right now it's uh it's not interesting. He suffers from I'm two getting. things. He suffers from the fact that he's in the he debuted or he's in what we like to call the playoffs, right? So yeah. like, he's he might be a regular season Joe where he's doing the work April second. Till about what January, and then he's not yeah. seen from. So I feel like he's in that aspect of from now to WrestleMania, he's going to get lost, if not even. That's on why TV. you need to put him with the Miz because right. the Miz is going to matter no matter what. They, right. There's going Miz is going to have a match at WrestleMania. We know that no matter what, whether it's a celebrity match like he's in the last several, or if there's like a multi-man match for a title, he's going to be involved in it some way or form. And if Bronson Reed can just kind of milk off his stardom until then, so we can get familiar with him, kind of like they were doing with Champa, which was starting to really work, like get Champa to the next level, like kind of like what they were doing with Gargano on the other side, like him and Loomis rubbing up against Miz. So the people who didn't watch NXT can kind of get familiar with what they're all about. It's just like, I'm like, okay, if you're doing that with Reed, great. But it just is, if you're just dropping that, like I worry for him long term. And I think the other thing that I want to talk about is he's very similarly built like Otis. So I feel like that takes away the specialness. Oh, they're going to be a tag team. They're oh, going to be a new head But I machine. think they take away the specialness of, of each of them individually. Like we know Otis is like, yeah, tucky, 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 and what all that stuff. But like, you know, he is what he is. 
But then, like, on the serious side, there's Bronson Reed, who has a very Vader kind of feel to him, but he's not the tallest motherfucker in the room. So you're like, okay, you're a wide load, but now what? You know what I mean? Like, you got to give me more. And I don't know if I care. And the other thing, too, is he they had that ladder match a couple weeks ago. He cost Dexter. Dexter's not hurt, is he? I can't I remember. Know. I know Gargano's hurt. Not I, I think it's just one of those things. Like you said, that's a storyline that during this time of year, it's just going to get more and more difficult for that to be on TV. Even though you have a three-hour show, it's like with the Rumble coming up, and then after that, we're in the WrestleMania season. It's like, how do you fit in the E-list storylines? You normally don't because guess what? Next week is the Rumble, and next week's Raw 30, so there's already going to be a lot of bullshit. But after that, it's like they're gearing up for Mania, so that means the celebrities come back, all the part-timers are back. So it's like those type of segments get lost. So if those like periphery like superstars aren't connected to a superstar that is going to matter – then, like you said, like they'll be lucky to be on main event. Fringe, fringe superstars, what he is right now, unfortunately. Yeah. He's on the fringe. Uh, let me make sure I didn't miss anything particular in the Heaties. Uh, let's see. We were talked about Karrion Cross. Uh, Liv Morgan slapping a bitch. That was awesome, by the way. I just want to make I sure we didn't that. Uh, but yeah. then, of course, the fucking match happened, and it was like, uh, yeah, match was fine. I love Liv. I kind of like, liked it because they've been trying to give a Liv a little bit more of an edge, but it's like they still have her as a baby face. But it was like the women's rumble, they haven't given it much legs yet because they probably haven't announced Becky and Bailey and whatever. So it's like right now, it's like Liv and Raquel are mm-hmm. like the main two things. So it's like to, to like hype the match up a little bit, like you need to show two of your bigger players. And with Liv wanting to come at one like it sure makes it likely that they're probably going to make her the iron woman of this match and i don't know if it was last year or the year before she had a really good showing it might have been last year so it's one of those things where i mean it's good for live because like people were worried after the title run what do we do with her but the crowd's still telling you she matters so um she's still gonna matter in some uh way or form and i think rubbing her up against raquel it's interesting because it's like baby face versus baby Sorry, face, so. rubbing her up against her i, was like, I oh. mean i mean you know you know people yeah. are, you know rubbing rubbing and rubbing we're all rubbing something. Uh, something else that uh, we didn't really talk about, but we can we can skim over or whatever is, uh, well, how do you feel about Ali? Because when I watch this, I think to myself, like the, he's. We've talked about this before. Great move, said smooth as fuck in the ring. Just he's he's clearly got a place. In he's this really world. good. He's really good. But then I watched his promo, pitcher in pitcher, and I went, "That's not a babyface promo. Ding, That's ding, not ding. a babyface so, promo. Yeah. He's a dick." Hey. He's just, and you've, he's a natural dick. And that's something that you've said before with him. It's, it's just like a lot of things he does is babyface and like worked when like the cruiserweight division, but I think it's one of those things. And like, but it's just, it's whenever he talks, he sounds like an asshole. And like, it's one of those things like he's, he's trying, like now they're doing the whole thing of like how he's been held down and like whatever. And he's uh, always overlooked and but it's like, you sound like a whiny little bitch. Like you really do. And so it's like, I can't root for that, you know? So it's, it's a tough thing with him. I think he's again. I think he's a he's he's like you said, a natural heel. He's a natural heel that probably needs a heavy if he's ever gonna win a title or matter or anything. Because just if not, it's just like it's not believable. Like we talked about the size of the main roster. Like you can put him against Ziggler, you can get a big win against Ziggler. But we've seen it when you put him against like other guys. Like he can wrestle Seth in theory, but he's not gonna beat them. You put him against Lashley. <laughs> Lashley's ragged on him for fifteen minutes because that's the believable outcome. So. It's a tough situation. I think he's a guy that if you ever wanted to put him in a tag team, I think he'll be really good because he's athletic and he looks great in a tag team. But it's one of those things like as a solo run, like we know it's not going to be above the mid card except for maybe a chance. Like they maybe had the lightning in the bottle, but Kofi stole it, quote unquote, which I still don't believe because I don't think it would have worked with him. 
it's just, it's tough. It's always going to be tough with him. I really like him too. He's incredible. Like the reason why the cruiserweight division was so fun is him and Cedric were the two guys that we all connected with. They were the babies that we love, the heart and souls, they called them. They were so amazing. And that's why these boys are, all, these men are always going to be employed as long as they want to at WWE because they're amazing talents. But there's a, there's, a, there's a cap on the upside, unfortunately, I think. I just, I, I think the more he talks, the more I dislike him. And I'm not saying like dislike him as a heel. I mean, I just don't want to see him on my TV, which is a crime because he's really, really good. But then, like, all I can think about is, you get a win over Ziggler, now what? You're going to become a tag team or something out of mutual respect? Who cares? Or, worse, like, you could put a Bronson Reed with an Ali. You could put all these people who are not being used in a faction. The only thing that scares me is they did that with Retribution, and that was the drizzling well, shit. Well, that, so. that one was, that one was a, a thinker, for sure. Yeah. That one was a thinker. But, That's uh, what I worry. That's what I worry with it. If Ali goes back to his grounded promos, it'll help with his face turn. I agree. Because but, his promos right now aren't babyface. So maybe the plan is for him to just like break down and like turn heel. But it's just like what they're doing right now, it's like it's not I, it's not rootable. I don't want to root for him. Right. And I think the issue, like, uh, you know, as Aaron has said and, and Clark Street, just in general, but things, in, we, it has to be authentic. It has to be real. Yeah. And I think... Not saying Ali the person is a prick. I'm just saying he comes off like one, and it just seems more natural for it. But he, but this is the problem: is that he has such an amazing move set where you're just like, son of a bitch, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do with this guy? He wrestles like a babyface, but he's a prick. Like, what do you do in that situation? You, I think Ali would work better if he changed his style in ring to complement his dickish persona. That's what I would think, because it's easier. It's easier to switch something in the ring than it is to be liked or disliked. Yeah, I don't disagree. All right. Uh, and I think that's pretty much it. Uh, we didn't talk about... Well, you know what? We'll, we'll talk about that later. It's fine. I, I was, I'm was. i going to talk about that later. But it, uh, the other thing that I really just wanted to, to, to hit upon here is Belair and Bliss. Very quickly. I don't know what we're doing. I was expecting a gimmick match added, and they didn't say anything, which is odd to me. Because I just, I feel like that whatever they're going to do with this match isn't going to need a gimmick because it might be one of those things Bianca might just beat her and then like maybe the change for Alexa happens after the match with Uncle Howdy or whatever. But it just, it's this, we know this storyline is just like, it's a way for Bianca to add that notch to her belt, but also like get Alexa to where she needs to be as a character to where they want her to be. And obviously like we, they've been teasing that. So it's one of those things like maybe this will be a trilogy match because maybe there's more bullshit that happens at the Rumble and then that uh, on, on a Raw they just pay it off with a gimmick match. It could be one of those things because um, I certainly don't know who else they fill Bianca with until Mania. You know what I mean? There's just she's run through pretty much everyone, so the list has certainly gotten short there. But I don't know. It's one of those I think they could they still have next week. But yeah, this segment I didn't have it in my Shiner Heat because it was more of like. I, I still am appreciating what they're doing and I really like both these women. And I know that like the end position is what matters here. And it's, this was good to go from the minute the last match happened, the rematch happened. So now they're just filling. They let them get a little physical this week. Um, but yeah, it just, it's, it's one of those, like this feels like a checkpoint for both women. So it's like, it's not like super interesting, but I understand it has to happen for us to get to the good stuff. Do you think uncle Howdy is going to have some type of interaction with, Bianca. No. Okay. I think it's one. That's why I think like it honestly, like this could be a quick match at the rumble where Bianca just takes care of business. And then Alexa, like is tantruming or whatever she's doing in the ring. And then we get like the, for her, since she just like 
like gave it all to Bianca. It's like now it's time for her to get something out of it with the Uncle Howdy uh, transition, like to where she's going next. So I just I feel like at the the it's less about the match at the Rumble and more about like the checkpoint of her character, like what's going to happen with her character. Because the outcome of the match, like it could be another no contest or it could be just a Bianca win. But either way, it's like we're getting an Alexa something. What do you? What would you? Would you think that it's out of the realm of possibility that Bliss wins? Just even for like a second to have Belair win it back before Mania. I'm. I'll, you know how I feel about hot potatoing. Um, more often than not, I don't like it. There's certain scenarios where it can work, but in this case, I just don't think it. Like it's a benefit for either of them, honestly. Alexa is a side mission for Bianca. Hundred yeah. percent. This is just a check mark for Bianca. But this feud is more about like getting Alexa where she needs to be and just getting Bianca another win. Yeah, I know. I just it just doesn't sit right with me. I don't know. Yeah, what it's it not. Is. It's not super compelling. It's just because, but because we're not there. We but it has. We have to get there. We're on the road. It's a long, boring ride. There's a few good pit stops on the way, but we once we get to our destination, it'll be worth it. Okay. Right, you want to get hopeful? You want to get your stuff going? Glorious. You're my only hope. I'm gonna keep it short and sweet, Nestlemania. Next Monday on Raw 30, I want new tag team champions. I want Prison Dom posing with the titles. Usos, it's over, baby. Your dominance. The Raw tag team champions. Judgment Day, it's time. These guys deserve it. This group is on fire. It's the Dom Priest thing, like you said. It's magic in a bottle. You got mommy. I mean, having Dom carry around a title will just enhance it even more. It's time. It's time, man. It's time to split them up. And next week's the perfect time on Raw 30. You can have all the bullshit, getting involved. You can, uh, however you want to do it, it doesn't matter. But the Judgment Day, taking those titles. And if they don't do it next Monday, then maybe it sets up a rematch at the Rumble or down the line where they do take it. But end result, I want the Judgment Day leading this feud with the Raw Tag Team Championships. I'm sorry, I just can't take you seriously with that. For people that aren't watching the TV version or the YouTube version, uh, JC is wearing uh, two headbands to be real fucking bandanas. bandanas. Bandanas, excuse me. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, you just look ridiculous. Is that even a blue or is that purple? Uh, blue and red. Blue I and wish red. I had a purple one to match the Judgment uh, Day, but I, I was, don't. I you know what? Now, you should have told me I, I would coordinate all of the colors of the bandanas that I have at home for the kids. But uh, I used to have a green one too, but I don't know where that is. But I do. I need to get a purple one. You know what so I, I never noticed? Like what I never noticed was when people use bandanas as like handkerchiefs and they like sneeze and then put it back in. Yeah, I that's think that's gross. disgusting. Disgusting. But whatever, it, that's beside the point. My hope is very weird, uh, and I thought about this as I was uh, watching SmackDown. I didn't want to see another Sonya Deville-Charlotte match, but what I saw in the backstage segment really spoke to me, and I think Triple H likes to leave Easter eggs, right? And this is something that I think could be really potentially very interesting, which was there was a ladder in the background, and Sonya beat the shit out of Charlotte with a briefcase. And I went, that can't be by accident. That has to be on purpose. So here's what I want. Sonya Deville, Money in the Bank winner. I think that right there could be very interesting going forward. I think Becky Lynch really loved Sonya Deville when she was Daddy Deville right before she left for her pregnancy. Thought We, we were kind of like, wow, Sonya Deville was doing a great job. And of course, she became an official and kind of fucked everything up. But like... When I was watching her on Friday, all I could think about was, I believe her as a Money in the Bank winner. I believe her being a sniveling shit and cashing in on somebody like a Charlotte or a Bel Air or something like that. Even if it's a short reign, I think the experiment is worth it. I really do. I think she's put in her time. And now that Mandy's gone too, like, I feel like she should like avenge Mandy in some way as well. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, I'm gravitating toward this idea of Sonya Deville, Money in the Bank winner. 
Let's fucking go. And why would it be in the backstage segment if it wasn't an Easter egg? That's what I'm saying. So that's my hope. I'll give, I'll give you this in terms of Sonya Deville. I think she'd be a better leader of a heel faction than Bailey. Well, yeah, that's but, that's evident. She can talk real well. But yeah, I, no, and I, but it just it's they have a lot of work to do with her to get me to buy into that. But, but I but, mean, it's one of those things. It's like that's a great way for a superstar to break through. And Sonya's someone who could I could buy as a uh, piece of shit heel right. holding the title. But it just it's. They have a lot of work to like rehab her character. But that's why the money in the bank could you you can take your time with it, right? And Danny, our boy, says uh, Sonya would have a more exciting championship run than live. Not Whoa. if she had to face Ronda Rousey three times. <laughs> like, Whoa. if anyone's facing strong Ronda segment. Rousey three times, you ain't having a good championship. Ring. Strong, strong words from our boy overseas. I am. I mean, as like as we always say, heels are better champions than right. baby faces. It's almost it's so impossible I, to be a great babyface champion. I wouldn't say it's. Not, and again, I I don't almost don't want to say this because I know I'm going to get blowback for it, but I can see her being like edge the first money in the bank cash in in terms of like i've had a glass ceiling nobody pays attention to me i've been fucking good for forever and now this is my moment i'm not gonna say she's gonna fucking you know open the fucking world up with it like edge did but i can see the similarities of it of the that the main event scene could be a little bit more crowded with her and i think that was the best part about money in the bank for Liv was i didn't buy in with Liv. i thought Liv was very good here she's a good hand she was really good at emoting. She did different things. I thought the crowd helped her out, and then she got her chance, and she proved me wrong that she did a really good job with it. And I think Sonya Deville's kind of in that same elk where if you do that, I, I could believe it. It doesn't, like we talk about Here's your that comparison. Lull. It's a lull. Here's your comparison. Carmella's run. Sure. Because Car I love Carmella's championship reign. It was a one-off, but it was like it was perfect because it highlighted what Carmella did really well. It allowed us to see that like she is a really freaking good promo. She's a She can be a really good character. She has different levels. She got better in the reign, and it was believable. So I think that's your comparison with Sonya where it's like, I, I could buy I saw a run like that. Sure. I could buy that. Three months. Just give her three months with it. That's yeah. all I'm saying. That, that's my hope. I, I, I tend to think that uh, we've seen the same characters over and over again on top. And I, I just think that we got, you know, the female John Cena on Raw and we got fucking Charlotte the Shoveler on, on SmackDown. And it's, it's sometimes it's hard to overcome these things. So, it is WrestleMania season, so. I, I tend to agree. I'm just saying. With you want the man, your John Cena and your Charlotte. No, I know. I'm just saying. It's just like after a while, get, I, you know, it's just like you've had Coke for a while. Have some Sprite. That's all I'm saying. Just a little bit of a di difference of taste. That's all I'm saying. That's all. What? Uh, just, I just love that Sonya Deville is Sprite. Yeah, well, you know, lemony. <laughs> oh, let's move on to the comeback. Don't call it a comeback, but mine, uh, I was very thrilled on Wednesday and surprised to see Adam Cole, baby, is back. And not only is he back in WrestleMania, he says he is good to go. He put the locker room on notice. That was our fear. You never know with that type of injury, like if they're coming back or whatever. And, I mean, he was pretty open about it, but he's still the same old badass Adam Cole willing to take down anyone and talking his shit, which I really like to see. And you know what? This is a guy that when he went to AEW, we said, like, this is a guy we believe down the line where he could be the face of AEW. He has things that are always going to work against him, mainly his size uh, and stuff. But Shame. as he's as he's proven, I he overcomes, in my opinion, because right. he's 
when he like hit Adam Cole's peak has always been one of my favorites. I know our boy Dom loves him too. Like we're big Adam Cole guys. I know you like Adam Cole. So yeah, it's we're a long ways away probably from him being a title run. But what if like in a year he's the one who beats MJF as the baby face? Like I like I would could believe that he would be one of the guys I'd put on my short list. So I was thrilled to see him back. Thrilled to see him getting back in front of the crowd. Thrilled to see him feel it. Cause it's always like it's like when when guys come back after injuries or a long time and woman like you can see it on their face that they feel it. Cause it's like, he's talking about how like Brit said, how he like would barely leave the house and this and that. And it was, it was just sad, but you could see how happy he was to be in front of that crowd and get that reception again. And to be able to yell Adam Cole, Bay Bay with the crowd again. So that's deserving of a comeback. If anything is so Adam Cole, my boy thrilled to have you back. Bay Bay. It's hard not to get excited for Adam Cole. I I mean, he, he's just, he just exuberates so much fun. I think whether you like him or hate him, he's just kind of like so good. He's just fun. He's just fucking fun. Um, I will say this though. I do get nervous that they lean too much into their previous injuries on AEW. So it makes me feel like we're not out of the 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 woods with like, oh, he might have like a gimmicked headache or something in a match. Like I feel like they're gonna go that route, which it's compelling TV, I guess, but every, he's the heel though. So I think that the, the reason why they, but if they're going to make him a baby face, that's, I know but they lean into it with hangman a lot easier because the baby, I don't think Adam Cole's going to be, I think he's still going to be what he is. He's, he acts like a, like he's pretty much a heel. He just, he's going to get cheer, cheered by the crowd because he's popular, but I don't think we're getting the full baby face thing yet. Cause I think it just like, he's just so good as natural, like asshole. Like we saw it in that promo where he pretty much like, he like took the reception and whatever, but he also channeled being like, like fuck the whole locker room here to fuck. Like it's one of those things. Like he's still, he's still a badass that has heel tendencies. So he's, he's always going to be a guy that like, it's like the KO effect. Like right now, obviously KO is a huge baby face, but it's one of those things. Like even when they're a heel, like they're still over like, well, it's like what we see with Seth. Seth's an asshole, but he's still one of the biggest baby faces on the show, even though he's not really a baby face. Just, it is what it is with some guys. They're just good. My comeback this week goes to one Zia Lee. Couldn't believe she was on TV. Jobber alert style. Yeah, what happened? She lost to your girl. That's okay. The shiniest wizard, baby. Tegan Knox. I, I thought, I, besides the fact of it being crickets, uh, you know, I was excited to see both of them on TV. I should give it to both of them. But a Tegan Knox, I just feel so bad for when I watch her. I'm like, here's a fish out of water. Here's somebody that, like, when she was cooking, there was nobody better, in my opinion. Especially they in the need women's to, division. They need to recapture, like, why we all fell in love with her and, like, the Mayon Classic and stuff. But, like, she literally had two reconstructive, like, knee surgeries. Like, it's just, like, she should, she has no business being a wrestler anymore with what she go through. Like, her body, like, quitting her twice when she was young. And, like, especially, like, the – like, it's just, like, there's there's stuff to do. And I think the best way to tell that story is eventually against Rhea because that those are the, ma- the match that it happened against originally and stuff. Um, way back when, but it's just until they do like the thing where you get like, where we can like get that little extra to feel for her. It's like, it's again, it's one of those things. She's another one of those is like the hit row and the Bronson Reeves. Like she was gone for a long time and then you're back. Like you gotta put in the work. You gotta gotta put in the work. They haven't done that yet. And that's why with her and Liv, I was like, I didn't hate the pairing because she can kind of like take some of Liv's energy and they both are like pedal to the metal, like overachievers. So it kind of like was a thing, but they dropped that. Very quick. I just thought so. Zia Lee. Zia Lee looks like a million bucks. She's legit. Like in theory, there's something missing though. Oh no, I tend to agree with you. There is yeah. a big, big question mark with her. But on paper and physical appearance aside, you look at it, you're like, that woman should be on a poster. That woman's legit. Then she gets in the ring, and you're like, what else you got? You know, and yeah. it's bizarre. But I'm happy to see her on my TV because I, 
I like seeing diverse. I like seeing different sizes. I like seeing depth of the, in the division. Yeah, I like depth. seeing other. Like I like seeing other than the main people. And when I saw her, I was like, "Let's fucking go. Let's do this." Even if it, even if she was getting fed to Tegan, which again doesn't really matter to me. But Tegan has the very much the Johnny Gargano, G golly gosh, feeling, and I want people to shake that happy to be here and turn on the switch and get into the I'm here for a reason thing. Because I think if people get out of that fish out of water, I'm happy to be here, gee golly gosh mentality, then we're going to get a real more authentic character. But I don't know who the hell Tegan Knox is anymore. I don't. I don't. I don't even know who Zia Lee is anymore. You know what I mean? Like, is she? Well, the Zia Lee thing was weird because she comes as a hooded Dude. figure and helps damage control. And again, it's just like with Nikki Cross. Like they dropped that too. So it's right. like, what are we doing? Nikki Cross just, is it's, in the it's, background sniffing Candice LeRae's farts. I don't know what yeah, the fuck's going just, on with it's, that. They, it's one of those things where, like, Triple H has done a good job with a lot of people. But with some of these, it's just like, it's like he's done a half-assed job. Where it's like, yeah, he brought them back and he puts them out there and gives them opportunities here and there. But it's just like. To really like give these individuals a chance to succeed, you need to do a little extra with like new and returning talent. And like he hasn't done that with a lot of these cases. So they're just kind of they're just kind of there, which I guess they're there until you need them. But it's just like at some point, it's like you have to put in extra work to like tell us mm-hmm. and showcase why they are that good. Because if you're in WWE, you are that good. But you need to get a little extra to show us why they are. You know, and they haven't done that with some of these women. Some people just need to make moves and they need to get the fuck out of the way for Von Wagner. That's what they need. Well, on that note, we're going to go to the big old finish. You get, you know who's not in NXT this week? Von Wagner. Von Wagner. SmackDown, we've talked about it. The contract uh, signing between Reigns and KO. We expect a lot there. But WrestleMania, we have a tag team tournament player. And the first matchup is a doozy. We have the Viking Raiders versus the Bane Bros, Sheamus and McIntyre. I think they're going to get fucked by those Viking Hammers, and the Viking Raiders are going to pull the upset because my pick to win this tournament, WrestleMania, are the goddamn Viking Raiders. And they might be knocked out in round one, but I think the winner of this match might win the tournament, but I think the Viking Raiders, we've had so many start and tops with these, starts and stops with these guys the last few years. At some point, it's like Sheamus and McIntyre, they're not a real tag team. Do we think McIntyre is going to be the tag team going to WrestleMania? I don't think so. So you take them and you use them to put over the next heels. The ones who, you know, maybe could be the ones to take the SmackDown tag team titles off the Usos if it's not KO and Sammy. So give me the Viking Raiders to beat Sheamus and McIntyre and give me to them to win the whole fucking thing. I just don't see anybody in this tag team tournament winning Against the Usos. I think it's Sammy and KO or Bust. I agree. I mean, the Vikings so, will probably lose to them, but it's like, which team besides Shane? Like, these are the two teams, right? Yeah, it feels these like are. These are the I mean, the teams. rest of it, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, all the, I forgot there were so many great tag teams on SmackDown. And I was, and I was very happy to see that there were eight because I forgot there were eight tag teams. I think the Raw division has better quality, but SmackDown has more of a quantity. Sure. I'd like to see an even distributing. Of the tag teams, but uh, and maybe this helps a good way to showcase these tag teams that I don't know. are sparingly used on TV. I'd like to see Banger Brothers against uh, Butch and Ridge. That'd be an that interesting, would be compelling, compelling television, right? But again, the Viking Raiders with Valanda, whatever the hell her name is, I don't know what the Valhalla, hell is. Valhalla, whatever. It's a Viking term. Valhalla. That's Valhalla. where the Vikings want to go when they die. They want to go to Valhalla. Okay. You know how I feel about Sarah Logan. Never, yeah, never, uh, never team JC. So she's just kind of there. All right, move on. She at least she's an additional piece. Then we go to Raw 30, like we mentioned. All the Bloodline Legends WrestleMania will be there to acknowledge Roman Reigns, but that is where I draw the line because you know what? 
People are like, oh, that means The Rock's showing up. No, I don't think The Rock's showing up because that's his way of not acknowledging Roman Reigns, which if this match is going to happen, how do you disrespect Roman Reigns more than not acknowledging him by even showing up to this big Rikishi will be there and every other Samoan you could ever imagine will be there to acknowledge Roman Reigns except for The Rock and that'll piss Roman off and Roman's going to be pissed off by a lot of things coming up between KO and Sam and Sammy or Cody and Seth and who knows who else but also The Rock because the Usos are defending their title separately that means Roman should be too and that means we can have a Rock match but also have another Roman match too so that's my take for Raw 30 Bloodline segment. I, I tend to agree that you're correct in that, that assessment of what will actually take place. If I can put on my Booker hat for just one second, I think that having him, having the rock there, like your, your, your idea is better, but having the rock there and then like not acknowledging him would be the funniest thing in the world to me because then I'd be like, oh, like, can you believe this stupid Hollywood piece of shit? He comes over here, he doesn't fucking acknowledge his tribal chief. I'm putting money on the table and whatever. And then, like, everybody acknowledges The Rock. That'd be funny. But the other thing I think why I would like to see Rock at Raw 30 would be we got it out of the way, right? So then you think about it from that aspect of you got Rock and Roman out of the way. Now we can focus on the Royal Rumble and Cody or whoever. See, I think it's the opposite. I think it's the opposite because I think by The Rock being there, The Rock being there overshadows everyone. That means Sammy doesn't doesn't matter. matter All these other things. No, I know, but it just it, that's why it's like you're the week before the Rumble. You don't need the Rock fucking overshadowing everything. It's like you do this and you have Roman kind of take an issue with it and it kind of percolates in his mind. And then you bring in the Rock in down the line when we further got through all these other things like the Rumble, which is one of the biggest moments of the year. So I just I I wouldn't I wouldn't put him there and I don't want to see him there because I think you get more out of it for everyone involved and the Rock if you just have him not there. Do you think it really fucks with KO going forward though? Like the go home? Because it, it's like Friday's the Rumble. They're not going to have KO wrestle on Saturday right before the Rumble. I mean, on Friday on the Rumble, right? They, they probably won't do that. Well, they have the contract signing this week on SmackDown. I mean, I'm assuming that that's yeah, We still have another week. We have another SmackDown oh, after that. I know that SmackDown before the Rumble is going to be package heavy, man. It's going to be a lot of people who aren't going to be featured in the Rumble having matches. So, like, it's going to be a lot of the tag, tag team tournament matches will probably take place on that. They'll, you know what I mean? There might be, like, some women's setup matches for that Rumble because that doesn't have much work. There'll probably be a Bray Wyatt LA Knight package. There'll be a Roman package. There'll be a Royal Rumble package. There'll be a Cody package. That's going to be a fucking highlight show with, like, some tag team wrestling mixed in 100%. Okay. All right, that's Friday, fine. So. That's fine. So it feels like to me. Also on Raw, we have uh, Becky and Bailey Steel Cage. We talked about. We also have two title matches, including the tag team titles. Go Judgment Day, and then the United States title match WrestleMania between Austin Theory and Bobby Lashley. I feel like this is where Brock comes back. I know it's the same uh, song. I think, and dance. He, I think you say him for the Rumble because he's think, on the poster for the Rumble, so we know he's there. I think same song and dance here though is like we're gonna get Lashley Lesnar three. We don't know when or where it's happening, but we know it's going to happen. And so I think lastly saying he's okay on his own isn't going to be fine because he lost to Brock Lesnar the second time. Now he's going to have doubts in his head going, oh, shit, maybe I can't beat Brock alone. And then he uses everybody and Omos to beat Brock Lesnar the third time. That, that I would believe. That I could get behind. 
See, I th- I think we're getting a title change on Monday. I don't know if it's the tag titles or the U.S. title, but it wouldn't surprise me to see Lashley win back the U.S. title because if we're really doing Theory Cena at WrestleMania, you could have the U.S. title, but you also don't need the U.S. title in a John Cena match where, I mean, who knows? Lashley could drop it along the way too, but it just, I could see this being a flip, having Lashley holding a title going into Mania season because he's Bobby Lashley, but I would personally like to keep it on Theory. That's why I'm pro-judgment day winning the titles, but I don't know. I feel like, we're obviously going to get some hurt business stuff going on here. Maybe Brock does show up, but I still think they're actually going to do Brock Gunther at Mania. So I think you set that up in the Rumble uh, somehow there, and then you have him cost Gunther the title at Elimination Chamber inside the cage. It's just an easy way for Gunther to lose without you know actually losing, um, getting screwed over more. So, so that's kind of the wavelength I'm on with this. But it's uh, it's at least it's interesting because we've already seen Theory get better over Seth. Now it's time for him to do the one on one thing with Lashley. So it's a it's a pretty good book card for a go home show. Yeah. I tend to agree. Anything else? NXT tonight. Only two matches so far that are booked. They'll probably announce a bunch as we're recording. But uh, we have Gallus taking on Brooks and Jensen. Gallus smash. They're back and they're here to stay. Tyler Bate also here to stay, so he'll probably have a match. Then we have a tag team match player between Axiom and Apollo Crews against Mello and Trick Williams. Uh, Axiom doesn't do anything for me. I don't know what nope. it is. I just At least they dropped the math constant shit. I have a joke in there that's not funny, so let's just move on. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I was going to okay. say there's a variable thing, but it's uh, whatever. It's oh, fine. boy. On that note, AW yeah. Dynamite on Wednesday, they're, uh, they have some matches. We have uh, another Brian Danielson special where he just likes to beat people every week against this time Bandito, who they've signed to. A, they made a big deal about signing, and this is the first, first time, time we've seen him since. First yeah. time. Yep. I don't care. I Like I told you, this whole thing is fucked up from beginning, middle, and end. I don't give a shit about it. All right, well, my match of the week on AEW, the only match that I'm about to list off that I care about, and it's crazy, Ricky Starks versus Jake Hager and his cool purple hat. I like this hat. It's just a good storyline. It's fun. It's fun. I uh, I haven't got a chance to see Jake Hager on Hey EW, but I assume that it has to be awesome. It, just, it has to be. I think it's, RJ City must love that hat and just talk about it for 10 minutes. It, I'll have to check it out. But no, like, this, yeah, yeah. There's a lot in AEW that's it's just fluff, but this... Ricky Starks is this is his year. This has to be his year. Yeah, he's money and um the Jericho Appreciation Society, like as they can piss me off a lot too, but I mean, hey, you know what? They there's a, they have a lot of things going on there and they're great heels. We have a random TNT title match where Darby Allen takes on the human sleeping bag Kushida in his AEW debut. I forgot Kushida was part of this. Did uh, he get signed? Is he all elite? I don't fucking know. Was he just generically care. added because he's in the States for the month? Like, what they the just, fuck? It's is one of those. This is what they love to do when you have someone like a Darby Allen as a champion. They're just like, they, instead of like having meaningful feuds against your actually signed talent, they're like, let's bring in these names that will pop the virgins. I don't know, folks. I don't know. I'm not excited about it. Darby Allen, I'm excited about being TNT champion. He does a great job. But again, if you don't give me a reason to care, why am I watching? Agree. Next up, another random match, but at least like they've been teasing this feud for a long time. Orange Cassidy defends his All Atlantic Championship against Jay Lethal, the better member of that tag team, which I never thought I'd say. I love OC, so I. This just, is going to be a good match. Jay Lethal's a good hand, but yeah, no, I just, I just, I just am never excited about Jay Lethal unless he's doing yeah. Black Machismo because like the Randy Savage impersonation is great, but other than that, I don't care. I just, I'm all for Orange Cassidy and Sanjay Dutt's pencil. So uh, you can give me that all day. We also have, this is actually a fun tag team match. The Young Bucks versus Top Flight. Very random, but it's fun. Can I ask you a question? They just struggled to get through seven hellacious six-man tag trios matches. 
Now they're in a tag match? Like, what the fuck are we doing? What are we doing? It's, it's, uh, What's the I point mean, of the trios? Tag? Let me put it this way, Nestlemania. The Jaguars had the most historic comeback in NFL playoff history on Saturday night. What do you think Tony Khan was doing? Booking wrestling. That's what he was doing. <sighs> he could have been. Flonase. He, he was doing Flonase. Yeah. Yes. Flonase, yeah. Flo-nays. One more match, Nestlemania, and the random special. This woman coming off a really fun street fight on Rampage, very violent street fight on Rampage. Willow is taking on Tony Storm. I love Willow. I've loved her since I've watched her on the indies. I think she's great. I think uh, might have killed Anna Jay. Yeah, she might have killed Anna Jay and sat on a table while Anna Jay smacked her head on the ground. That's tough. Yeah. Uh, but, but you know, hey, it was a great it match. It ain't ballet, JC. Check so, out that match. Seriously, it ain't it's, ballet. It's the type of Moxley would have been so jealous of what Ruby got to do in that match because <laughs> I was cringing how much she was bleeding. Well, it's like a sprinkler with Moxley, so you know. Yeah, I, I mean, Ruby's was more than a sprinkler. It was like she couldn't even keep her she eyes. She really open. nicked a vein, blood. probably. Dumbass. Yeah. She's a bleeder. We got a bleeder. Anything else? That's it. Thank God. Oh, all right. On that note, thank you for watching or listening to the Jabberknocker, and we'll be back next week with a very special edition of the Jabberknocker. That means thirty hopes for the Royal Rumble. See you next week. Oh!